Hello, I'm Becky Hadid, host of The Storied Recipe. As my weekly guests share their stories through the vessel of cherished food memories, we all become better cooks, more grateful for the gift of food, and we honor those that have loved us through their cooking. Well, happy, happy new year, listeners. I am kicking off 2024 with my four favorite guests ever, my sons, Jack, Marcus, Joshua, and Nicholas. And as I listened back to these brief interviews with each of them, I was sort of amazed once again at how deeply both our innate natures and our nurturing experiences integrate into our approach to food, cooking, eating, and time in the kitchen. It is always amazing to me how different my four sons are, how those differences don't break down um, versus which are biological and which are adopted, but really more span their own unique personalities. And you see that even within these brief conversations limited to topics surrounding food, their personalities are totally distinct and uh, really kind of shine on these topics. So we begin with my oldest son, Jack, who has only about two weeks remaining in his 18th year of life. He will turn 19 in just a couple of weeks. Jack has never, ever been one to do things the typical way, and he has always been one to seek out um, the greatest challenges he can find. And true to form, he uh, chose to attend university in Germany. So he is in a physics program at the University of Leipzig. And one thing we realized along the way is that the European approach to university is markedly different to the American approach in many ways. Um, significantly though, including the fact that universities in Europe are not residential. So Jack lives in a flat, uh, just somewhere in the city with a German roommate. And as soon as he moved to Leipzig, the city of Leipzig, he immediately became 100% responsible for feeding himself. So our interview really centers around that. And we discuss how he's made that change and how uh, feeding himself in Germany has affected the migraine disorder that he's suffered with for um, at least 10 years now. Okay, ready? Okay. So um, at this point, how much time a week would you say that you put into shopping, meal prep, cooking, or baking, just baking like for pleasure? Um, that's a good question. I go shopping about twice a week and it takes me about uh, 45 minutes to ride my bike to the store, um, shop, and then come back. And then I probably spend about mm, an hour or maybe less each day on the total of my three meals. So for, first of all, that's a really quick shopping trip. 45 minutes to ride your bike, shop, pay, and ride back home? Yeah, I take pretty small shopping trips and just try to keep things stocked and so I don't have to take any big shopping trips. Yeah, and I guess I am realizing if you're riding your bike there, there's really only so much you can carry back to the apartment. The flat, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I have a nice little basket on the front of my bike. <laughs> Is that common with German bikes to have a basket in the front? Yes, the, the bikes are very practical, the ones you see around the city. Mm, mm, mm. And it's just for people listening, it's very safe to ride your bike in Germany. Do you want to comment on that at all? Um, well, that was definitely one of the things I was looking forward to. They have bike lanes or sidewalks pretty much everywhere in the city and even on 
uh, more major highways, they have either bike lanes or sidewalks for you to take a longer bike trip or explore the country. Mm. Okay, so when you go to shop, do you have do you have like a meal plan? Do you have a menu? Do you have a general idea? Do you have a list? Or do you just see what's there, see what's on sale, see what looks good? Do you have a process at all? Well, there are certain things I always try to keep in the house, okay. like very fundamental things like onions and potatoes and vegetables and, and meat and stuff like that. Um, and then I just kind of look around and if something appeals to me or I think of a good idea of something to make, then I'll also shop for that. Generally speaking, you don't have a meal in mind or a set of meals in mind before you go. Not really. Like I said, there's just a, a broad list of things that I know I use in a lot of different things that I make. Mm. All right. That's shopping. You have a system for how many meals do you eat a day, would you say? I would eat three, but only only two of them are really cooked. Breakfast is just a a German breakfast food called muesli that is like oats and fruit and stuff like that. Um, so it's very filling and also healthy. Mm. Is the uh, the fruits, like you cut it up and put it on top, or there's dried fruit inside of it mixed in? Um, well, you can get different types, but yeah, dried fruit mixed in is very common. Also, sometimes they come with chocolate or something else, but you can also cut up fruit and put it in. Mm. I see. Okay, so two meals a day, lunch and dinner. What's your what's your meal prep system like? Well, it depends on the day. I always try to have um, at least two meals in the in the fridge so that I can cook after I eat, or if something if I get behind in a day, then I can um, just use a backup. And I also try to keep things that are easier to make, like pasta and spaghetti sauce, just in case a day gets ahead of me or is very busy. And I would like to note that the idea of eating first and cooking second is brilliant, but definitely not something you learned from me. So how did you how did you happen upon that? And what's the benefit of it for you? Well, it just kind of happens because I would come home and be extremely hungry and not feel like cooking. And well, I guess that's also the benefit is that um, I can eat pretty much as soon as I need to, or I can pack something up with me and bring it without having to prepare something beforehand. Okay, but once you have eaten and you're not hungry anymore, do you lose the motivation to cook? Is it like just pure discipline that makes you do it? Or <laughs> like I'm motivated to cook because I'm hungry or because people are coming over or because my family's hungry, you know? Well, I usually cook either um, in the morning or when I get home from school. And mm -hmm. so when I get home from school, it's a very nice break to have in between activities or before I go to um, an evening class or start doing homework or something like that. So the thing that makes it attractive is that it's so different from the rest of your day. Yeah. Uh-huh. Got it. Okay. Okay. So I haven't, I, I, I probably mentioned it along the way, but one thing I haven't talked about a lot on the podcast, but I'd say it was somewhat significant in shaping the way we eat and think about food as a family is that um, you have had a, I would call it severe and persistent migraine disorder since you were about seven or eight years old. Um, you don't let it get in the way of what you accomplish, but in terms of how often you felt the effects of it, um, which was regularly, like multiple times a month, I would say that you experienced migraines, even once they were treated kind of as well as we could treat them. And then 
on top of that, it affected your food choices on a daily basis since we've we've had you diagnosed. Tell us how this migraine disorder has affected your time in Germany and how your time in Germany has affected the migraines. Um, so these days it's gotten much better from when I was younger. And so there are, are only a couple of things that I... By these days, do you just mean like at your age or you mean specifically since you've been in Germany? No, no. In my age, like the last couple of years. Mm. Um, so there are only a couple of things that I cut out completely. So it doesn't affect too much the types of things that I make in Germany, but shopping for myself is completely different because I can control what's in the house and uh, much better what I eat. And I I pretty, I rarely get uh, processed foods from the store and I pretty much cook everything for myself and don't really go out. And so that I would, in Germany, I haven't had a, a major headache or a, a long-term or migraine headache since I've been there, which I did not expect and was very interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. So comparing, I mean, it's interesting because I think a lot of people would say that our diet as a family is not heavy in processed foods, but clearly there's something different. So what would you say, I mean, you're only a couple months in, but you, if you had to pinpoint maybe the top three or five differences in how you eat here in the U.S. and how you eat in there, what would you say the differences are? And I would like to note that since you've been home for 10 days, you did have a migraine. Well, I would say, so the two major differences are, number one, I snack a lot less on snack food or even healthy food mindlessly. But I, um, I I would say also, it might sound like a small thing, but I think the other major thing is the bread, which is not really processed. Like when I buy bread um, from the store, it goes bad within three or four days and it, it tastes a lot fresher and it's not pure white and um, so I, th- I think that's much, much less processed. And I also eat a lot of bread there and also here. So mm. it's a it's kind of a big part, which has changed. If you had to guess the headache that you've had since you've been home, do you have a guess what that was from? And why would that not have happened in Germany? Well, holiday food is not really known for being healthy. <laughs> we had Chinese food and a lot of Christmas candy and uh, baked goods and stuff like that, which is good for enjoying the holidays. Um, <laughs> but it's not something that is really a part of my um, diet in Germany. Right. And then um, you mentioned the bread. And interestingly enough, it's like we've kind of gotten to a place as a family, but separately, because we've actually stopped buying bread. It's not It's not on my list at all. Um, the only time we get bread is if I want like... Um, an Italian loaf or something to go with, you know, if we're having spaghetti or something like that. But tell us a little bit more. Well, I guess you've really summed up. Can you just sum up for us again what you think the differences are between the bread in Germany and the U.S.? Well, it definitely took me a little bit of getting used to because it it has a lot more flavor. Like you can actually taste the ingredients that went into it. Hmm. It is definitely high quality in that the ingredients are simple and it's fresh and there's not a lot of preservatives that go into it. Mm. Okay. So um, in general, when it comes to feeding yourself, what skills would you say you've gained since you've arrived in Germany? Either cooking skills are sort of 
I mean, feeding yourself is it's it's a much bigger process and set of skills than cooking. So, what would you say you've learned just in the last what's it been three months? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm, probably the two major things are um, number one learning how to cook with kind of a a limited set of ingredients and not with every single thing that's on the recipe list or every single thing that I um, had thought of and also cooking quickly and not taking forever to (laughs) um, prep and and make something um, or think of an idea. Yeah, I used to joke about that, right? Like the difference between what would you say you did before? Like, how would you describe it? relaxation Mm, yeah cooking for relaxation which now it's still that for you it sounds like but it's more of a um hybrid it's yeah it's not something that i have the time to spend as long as i want one Mm, mm, mm. are there ways that you feel like you could have been better prepared for the responsibility of feeding yourself um not really it was a pretty smooth transition i felt like i had all of the cooking skills and it was just learning like um how to keep things stocked so Mm. I didn't have to go to the store every time I wanted to make something Mm. and yeah like I said just learning how to build it into my schedule Mm. again (laughs) keeping things stocked something you're learning basically at the same time that I am um so uh in terms of adjusting like you talked about adjusting your cooking style um you mentioned when you just now when you were answering that question, you mentioned that one thing you've learned is not to use necessarily every single ingredient, like not to have a slavish devotion to the recipe, but to adjust and be a little bit flexible. Um, First of all, do you tend to adjust because things are there or not there? Is it a frugality issue? Is it because you're using an American recipe? Like what causes you to adjust recipes these days? What's the driving force behind that? Well, if there's something that I feel like I'm only going to really use once or twice, I don't usually get it from the Mm -hmm. store. Or if, I don't know, something is in the fridge and reaching its last days, then it's good to use that. Mm. Mm. How about adjusting from American ingredients to German ingredients or American recipes to German recipes? Um, Two different questions, but related. Well, a couple of times the um, substitution was uh, forced upon me because of a (laughs) translation issue. Um, But um, in general, I can get pretty much everything that I could get in the U.S. and occasionally something that I couldn't get in the U.S. Mm. And I, I would say... I mean, sometimes I I cook from German recipes and sometimes I cook from American recipes or sometimes I just make something up based Mm. on what I have. But there hasn't been too many instances where the the difference between the recipes was so drastic that I had to change something. Mm. Um, Measurements? Well, that's true. Yeah, the measurements are definitely very different. And I kind of learned very quickly that it was a necessity to have a kitchen scale, which I use multiple times a day and is extremely useful. Mm. Mm. What have you found that you have access to in Germany that you really like, ingredient-wise? Well, that's a good question. The bread? The bread. bread, Yeah, they have a lot of Nutella, which is (laughs) definitely not healthy. They have some prepackaged groups of vegetables that are good for making soup. And they have celeriac, which Mm. I don't really use that often here, but I really like it. What's the flavor of celeriac? Is it is it celery? Is it the same? No, it's it's kind of like a big head of a root vegetable. It 
cooks down to kind of the same texture as celery, but it it tastes a little different and it's a little more sharp and acidic. Hmm. Is it stringy like celery? No, not at all. It's it's very tender. Okay, I'm doing a quick Google. Are they related? They sound related, but that doesn't mean they are related. I don't I don't know. Maybe celery. And celeriac. Oh. Celery and celeriac are basically the same plant, with celeriac being a variety cultivated for its root rather than for its stalks. Interesting. So do you buy it like that? This is what you get, this big root, this big bumpy root? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. But if you were to see the leaves, they would look like that, almost more like a basil than like the celery leaves or even the stalk. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. I learned something. Okay. The, oh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, another thing related to that is I definitely eat a lot more root vegetables and a lot more variety of root vegetables just because they sell them in groups with each other mm. or they're just more common or plentiful. Mm. So like uh, turnips, celeriac, what else? Yeah, potatoes, um, beets, turnips, carrots. Yeah. Good for you. Okay, is there any dish that you are hoping to try? I, I mean, I think we're almost done. This is the last question, unless there's anything else you'd like to say. <laughs> what is, is there a dish you're hoping to try before you come back again? And if not, we can be done now. I ask a lot of my German friends what dish I need to try or what is uh, unique about German cooking. And uh, so far, I've only gotten really two answers, which is schnitzel and canoodle. <laughs> and um, I've tried both of them. And canoodle is delicious. And so is schnitzel. But what is canoodle? Mm, it's kind of like a, a filled dough. Oh, is it the German pierogi, essentially? Yeah, it's very similar to that, except for the dough is uh, more stretchy. Oh, well, who doesn't love canoodle? And sauerkraut, sauerkraut and fermented foods. Tell us about that. Yeah, that is something that I really enjoy, especially at the, the Christmas markets. They At different cities, they'll sell different types of sandwiches with their special sausages or or sauerkraut which is which is a really delicious and a nice thing and they definitely eat fermented food more but it's also a little milder and fresher than sauerkraut kind of that i have been used to at the store mm. all right well thank you for your time <laughs> Jack, I'm so proud of you for so many reasons, but it's not a small feat to transition to this, to feeding yourself, and you've done it admirably and so uh, thoughtfully as you do everything, and I, I'm just so proud of you. Well, I definitely learned learned a lot growing up <laughs> about that. Including what not to do. <laughs> okay, send any one of the kids in. Tell them it can be any of them. Okay. Next, we have my youngest son, Nicholas, who is nine. He'll turn 10 at the end of February. Nicholas loves his food, but he doesn't like to cook. And I think it's too early to tell if that's something that's going to um, persist or if that's just a lack of confidence at the moment. So in this interview, we actually unexpectedly hit upon a plan for 2024 involving one of his favorite foods. And I'm hopeful that this may just give him a newfound confidence in the kitchen. Oh, it's Nicholas. <laughs> I didn't know who was coming in. Can you get to the microphone? Yeah. Okay. 
Are you chewing gum? No. <laughs> are you still chewing your lunch? Yeah. Okay. Tell me when you're done chewing. I am done chewing. Okay. All right. Nicholas, I have a couple of questions for you. Okay. 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 True or false? You do not like to cook. True. <laughs> okay. True or false? You do like to eat. True. All right, let's dive into this. Let's name five things. Name your five favorite things to eat. Pizza, macaroni and cheese, uh, hot dogs, hamburgers, and... Anything sweet? Yes. What? Candy! Okay, if you had to pick one of these three things to cook, like a meal, or to bake a dessert, or to clean the kitchen... Which one would you pick? I would definitely not like to clean the kitchen. Okay. Or baking. Okay. So I would probably do cooking. Okay. What would you What would you cook? I would make like stuff that that you make. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Describe it. It has like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lasagna. Oh, you would make, if you could make anything in the world, you would make lasagna? Yes. Oh, would you like to learn how to do that? Should that be a 2024 goal that you learn how to make lasagna yourself? Maybe once a month in 2024, we can make lasagna together and you can learn a new skill each time. Does that sound like a good goal? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Lasagna once a month in 2024. Love it. Okay, what do you do the most? Cook, bake, or clean the kitchen? Clean the kitchen. Yeah. Okay, what are your jobs when we clean the kitchen? Um, put away clean dishes, mm-hmm. sometimes do a table. Okay, wait, I do have to tell you. I think of the kids, you're the best, actually. Don't tell the other ones I said this. You're the best about putting things away in the spot they go in. Yay! Why do you think you're the best at that? I have no idea. I think you pay attention pretty well. Okay, so you said put away clean dishes, either from the dishwasher or from the sink, right? Yeah. Uh, do the table. What does it mean to do the table? Like clean the table and then wipe it down. Oh, you mean take things to the dishwasher yeah. or things like that mm-hmm. and then wipe it down? Yeah, that's, I mean, I'd say that's pretty much it. Okay, we're going to go through the people in the family and uh, you tell me a recipe that they make that you like. And we're going to start younger and move up. So what is a recipe that Joshua makes that you like? Ooh, I like the thing that Joshua uh-huh. makes. I like is grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh yeah, Joshua makes the best grilled cheese sandwiches in the world. Yeah, but yeah, I'm going to talk to him about that. He makes the best grilled cheese sandwiches I've ever had in my life, or I think I ever it's could. It's so good. And it is so good. What's something that Marcus makes that you like? Eggs. <laughs> Eggs. Okay, what is something, uh, What? oh, what's something Jack makes that you like? Bread. Bread? What bread does Jack make? Like banana bread and oh, pumpkin bread. Banana bread, pumpkin bread. Yeah, basically cake breads. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is a recipe that Dad makes that you like? Mm, the homemade pizza. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that homemade pizza with just it's the olives so on top. good. It's so good. It's true. It's true. Okay, and what is a recipe that I make that you like? Mm, that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Because I make a lot of recipes. Mm-hmm. I think the one that I really like, I 
Um, I think it's a Mexican lasagna. Mm, that's on the website. Yes. Okay. So, Nicholas, yeah. once a month in 2024, we're going to make lasagna together. And by the end of 2024, you're going to make your own lasagna. There's a lot of skills in making lasagna. Okay. Are you ready for that goal? Yeah. Are you excited? Yeah, I guess. Are you nervous? Yeah. What makes you nervous? I don't know. All right. Thank you. Send somebody in. It's got to be Marcus or Joshua. Next to walk in the room was Marcus. Marcus, who is 17 years old, um, sat down with me to discuss his feelings or lack thereof towards food. Marcus is thoughtful and matter of fact and often funny in much of what he says. And this was actually another great opportunity for us to agree on the fact that we are very different. <laughs> we are very different to one another, but very, very appreciative of each other. And again, it's amazing to me that a topic like food can um, highlight those differences. Who is it? Marcus. Okay. Start yes. Okay. So Marcus, um, true or false? This is this is what we did with Nicholas. <laughs> we had to do a series of true or false statements. Yeah. Okay, so true or false, you don't like to cook. That is true. Okay. I do not like to cook. Um, I'll I'll, I'll enjoy a bake every once in a while. No, I'll enjoy thinking about doing a bake every once in a while. <laughs> but I won't usually get to it. So. Okay. Now this one's gonna be a little more a little more difficult to answer. I'm gonna make a statement. And then you tell me it's 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 too nuanced to be true or false. But okay. you tell me if okay. it's accurate or if you need to amend the statement. Okay. I, this. I know you got it. Okay. I would say you don't necessarily particularly like to eat either. Like I think eating is more or less sort of a pleasurable activity for different people. And I would say you tend to be on the side of you eat for energy, you eat to fill your stomach, and you move on. I think that is a very nuanced answer. Okay. I would say, first of all, I, I think I have maybe younger younger kids' tastes. Oh. So, so I, I, what that, well, no, not younger kids' tastes. You have I, an unrefined palate. See, Right. Everybody enjoys snacks. Sure. But we live in we have an ingredient household. Um mm. which means that I don't mm. I don't eat as many snacks as I would. Right. Like you like to eat Doritos because who doesn't? Correct. But when it comes to a dish, even even a palatable but, dish mm-hmm. that's been kind of made, you know, from scratch, the majority of them they don't get you home. They don't, yeah, they don't really get me moving. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, what do you make is delicious. No, no, I, listen, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't feel that, yeah. I, I just find it interesting because, I, well, even, go I, ahead. I just don't eat more than I need to. And I think, right. I think that's the sign of people eating, like, for pleasure is they mm-hmm. eat even when they're not hungry because it's, mm-hmm. it's more than about being hungry at that point. Mm-hmm. But I eat until I'm not hungry anymore and then I don't eat. And that happens I would say pretty quickly for a male of your age and size. Like people talk about teenage boys and certainly we have a high grocery budget and we eat a lot as a family. But I would say you don't 
I just don't feel like you eat a ton of food. Well, that's what I was saying about the snacks is I think like in a meal, anybody, anybody my age wouldn't eat a huge meal, mm. but people my age can afford to eat a lot of snacks. Mm. And so they will. And that's where like, that's where, that's where like the cumulative food goes to. The calor that calories just start to add up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not that, it's not that like people my age would eat a lot in a meal. Mm. It's that they would eat a lot throughout the day because there's always like a little bit of hunger to eat more snacks. Mm. But like I said, because <laughs> we live in an ingredient household, it's a lot harder for me to find snacks. We have chocolate chips. <laughs> which are hidden. <laughs> which, are, which, which, yeah, which I don't even eat, which I don't even eat. And P.S., they're hidden by, by dad. Like, I don't know where the chocolate yeah. chips are. And we have croutons, <laughs> which I also don't really eat. Well, and I just bought them because I was using them for a particular recipe. Usually I don't get those bags of croutons from Costco because, oh, really? yeah, those are exactly I like chips. I thought those were for our, like, salad Wednesday things. Yeah, yeah, since we started doing main mm -hmm. dish salads on Wednesdays. But I'm just saying it's been years since we've had them because what I found is I did eat them like chips. And oh, 100%, no, yeah. Yeah, nobody needs yeah. to do now, that. I, now, your, your philosophy is right in that I do forget about them when they're out of sight. Yeah, yeah. So moving the cabinet has helped. A moving them from the pantry where mm -hmm. they're out and open to the cabinet, it has helped a lot. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Okay, so this leads me. We've established you do not like to cook. And I think at 17, that's probably pretty set. Like, eventually, you'll probably learn to cook a little bit because you'll have to. But generally, you'll probably always, like, I'm work out a division of labor in your living situation where somebody else does most of the cooking because you just don't like it. That's probably not going to change yeah, much I'd at Yeah, I'd be willing to trade more chores, especially after dinner for cooking before dinner. Yeah. Um, I also do think, like, I have confidence that if I were given a recipe, I could cook it, but I don't enjoy it. Yeah, you just don't enjoy the process. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And we've also established that for you, food tends to be more about, again, taking out the hyper palatable, essentially mm. addictive food. So if we take away the yeah, addiction yeah, aspect yeah. of it, food is mainly more for filling your belly, getting energy, and moving on. It's not, okay. So. <laughs> With that said, so far the interview is going in exactly the direction I had hoped. Oh, because I want to bring up your favorite word and topic now. What's my favorite word and topic? <laughs> feelings. Oh, yeah. So this I'll is. Talk about my feelings. I'm yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I actually want to because this is. I, I find it interesting how. I mean, of course, it's a spectrum, but the world in many ways does like break down into people who love food and the people who use food for filling. And and I and I, does it? well, I I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think that the reason we don't think that is because we have access to hyper palatable addictive foods. But I think if you take those out mm -hmm. of the equation and you just went back to yeah, and you just had you know. You had Farmer Boy with his piles and piles of turnip mash and stuff, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which which he loved and he, like, writes about in very loving detail. Well, actually, uh -huh. she writes about it, and you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I think you had the people who just – it was like they ate enough turnip mash to be full. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would be me. Right, that and the people me. who no. love to make it and feed other people it and yeah. the people who just say, I'd rather, you know, be – Fixing the barn, or in your case, no, writing, writing a program. Yeah, well, I don't want to get too far off the topic, but I I do also think that's because you had to work so much harder for your food. Mm. Well, like, it's a good yeah. You're, you're not gonna eat. You're not gonna eat. Food is more valuable, basically. 
when you have to work for it. And so mm -hmm. you're not going to eat more food because then you're, you're giving up food that you can have later. Mm. Okay. You're not I could eat, see... Like, you're not going to eat two days worth of food and then go hungry the next day. You're going to, you're going to, like, restrain yourself and eat half your food the first day and half your food the second day. Yeah, although restraint's definitely not the word that you get from, again. That's like, true. So... Yeah. Actually, it's a really interesting discussion. I think we could go deep into it and actually mm -hmm. do quite a bit of research on it. But all of this is to get to my question, which is, I have a little bit of a philosophy as to maybe one... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Maybe one of the one of the the things that separates these two groups of people. Okay, and so I want to test I want to test my theory on you with a question that separates the groups of the group people who eat for energy and people who eat because they enjoy it. Mm, right, and also um, cook because somebody needs to be fed, and cook because they love it. You okay. know, because so the two the two usually go hand in hand. Like very yeah, yeah, few yeah, yeah, people. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So my question is this again, going back to your favorite word, feelings. When you think about meals mm -hmm. and particularly meal times, whether yeah. they're regular meal times or special meal times, do you associate any positive feeling words with those times? I'll tell you what I do associate with those meal times. Oh, and actually, no. I'm I, scared about this. No, 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 no. I think it's actually it 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 proves that I'm I'm just a person who mm. eats. I mean. Mm. Some food can be delicious. I, I, no, I do, no, no, I know. I do love I know. good food. I do yeah. love good food, but but I do think this goes to what to what we were saying about how mm. I eat for energy. Is my feeling associated with mealtime is usually more positive when I'm more hungry. See, that's really interesting. Yeah, like when I'm lunch is not never really used to be my favorite meal, mm. but now it is because I'm always hungry by lunchtime in school. Mm. So what would be now we're getting really difficult here. <laughs> what would be like a feeling word that you would associate with mealtime? Uh, what would be a feeling word that I would associate with mealtime? Um, do, do I need to bring up my feelings wheel? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I learned about plenty of these feeling words in, in health class. No. Um, excited? Is that too basic? No. Do I need to come up excited. With a, a almost almost word? almost like how the horses get excited when we show up at the I like like let, let, I, let, 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 I relate to the horses yeah. in that way. So and this is and so you're you're kind of proving my theory because yeah. I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast or come on this podcast, they would ex, um associate it with feeling words like um Feeling words about their their past and how like that that food is related to them and their family. Love, yeah. Feeling loved, feeling uh -huh. cared for, right? Nurtured, and for you, it's more words like hungry, satisfied, like you said, excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think we have too many recipes that are like related to something important. Mm. Like I like. Like, I don't know, it, you'll make beef stroganoff, and mm. it's great, but it's not related to, like... Yeah, you're not like, oh, wow, I really feel tied into my German-Irish-Palestinian yeah, yeah, it, 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 heritage right. when I eat stroganoff. Right, it's, 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 so it doesn't... Mm -hmm. Maybe that's because there's a lack of connection between mm. the food and, like, whatever those feel... Or whatever would produce those feelings. No, but in general, in general, I um, apart from the heritage aspect of it, 
What is also true, though, of the people who tend to come on or listen to this podcast, they, um, well, just, I say it all the time, they consider food to be a love language. Yeah. And that's not really, I mean, if you were starving and someone fed you, then that would be a love language. But since you're not a starving person, that's not really how you, it's certainly not how you show love. (laughs) Mm -mm. And it's really not how you experience it either. No, but I always feel more welcome if I'm there to eat something. Mm. Or if people just offer me something to eat, I feel more welcome. Mm. But that, I think that's that's also because it's like they're, on some like fundamental level, they're like willing to share their resources with me, mm. which shows like a trust, hmm. which I think is kind of why that's helpful. It's mm. not, it's maybe less about the food and more about the, mm. like the caring aspect of it. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. You have fulfilled my curiosity (laughs) you've you've talked about deep and uncomfortable feelings i'm not no 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 (laughs) okay i know i'm and i'm just grateful for it i'm grateful that you're so surprised i'm grateful that you're so free to discuss your feelings Uh uh-huh anytime okay okay um are you gonna go get joshua for me yeah for sure okay awesome thank you so much marcus thank you Mm. Finally, we end with uh, my third oldest, Joshua, who is 13 years old and just absolutely a born cook. We discuss the ways that Joshua thinks about food, and I was very surprised by his approach, although I realize now, actually as soon as he said it, that I should have seen it all along. And we also talk about the ways that I can nurture this talent and this interest that he has in cooking during the year of 2024. All right, you ready? Test test it out. I'm all ready. Okay. (laughs) Let me make sure it's still recording. And yes, yes, indeed. Okay. So very recently, you acquired the job of helping me with dinner every night. How do you feel about that? I feel very happy to do it. Really? Now, I have to say, you actually act happy to do it, but... I was surprised because you go, you leave for school just a little after seven. You go generally straight from school to the farm at about 3.30. Then you come home about 4.30 and you start, go right in to start helping me cook. So that's pretty demanding. You agree? I do agree. Okay, but you still do. You, I, I have to give you credit. And it, I, I, I hate to say it, I apologize for saying it, but it came as a surprise to me that you came in with such a good attitude every single day. Why you just, you like to cook. I do. You do like to cook. Oh. So let's let's keep talking about the job a little bit, and then we can talk about why why you like to cook. Does that sound good? Yes, it sounds very good. Okay. So first of all, I would say that I think you and I work very well together in the kitchen. Yeah, we work very well. Yeah, I find it easy to share a kitchen with you, actually. Why would you say that is? What do you think What do you think our system is that makes it easy for us to work together? Well, sometimes you give me a job, and I do it, and then I ask you to see if I did it correctly, and when you do the face of, like... <laughs> the face. The face of <laughs> that it tastes very good. That's how I know I did it right, and that's how we work together. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, so you feel affirmed when we work in the kitchen? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I can be a, a bit of a critical person at a time, which I'm sure you would agree with. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I'm glad that you feel affirmed in the kitchen. And um, I do think that you are very independent and confident in the kitchen. And you're very assertive about telling me which job you want when we start working together. You agree? Yeah, I do agree. Mm, yeah. And I think that goes well for me because when I'm not guessing and I know exactly what you want to do, I know where I can give you independence, which I which I like. And I do trust you um, in the kitchen. So tell me some of the jobs that you like to do when you're making dinner. I like to some I like I like to make salads. Mhm. Um you're a little bit artistic about it. Yeah, I am. Tell me tell me what you like about making a salad. What do you th- what do you think about when you make a salad? What are you trying to balance? What are you trying to do? Like if I was in a restaurant mm-hmm. and I was making a salad, how would I make it and how would the customers see it? Mm. Mm-hmm. And if I just threw a bunch of stuff in there, that wouldn't look nice and it probably wouldn't taste the best Mm. so i do try to like make it look nice and think about like what type of flavors i should use Mm, mm. so cooking's visual for you yes it is Mm. yeah which isn't really surprising because you're quite artistic actually and i always tell people that you are the best model i could have you have such a good instinct for where the light is, where you need to be, and how something's going to look in camera. Um, So it shouldn't surprise me that you're so artistic about your cooking, but you really are. Like you like to arrange the lettuce like so, you like different colors to go in. Yeah. To go from the salads to, you do often say you want to make a sauce. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes I don't have the right stuff to Mm, make the sauce. Now, do you use a recipe when you make the sauce? No, I don't. No, you're very instinctive when it comes to your sauces, and you're very, very, very good at it. Yeah. Okay. So you like to make salads. You like to make sauces. You, in general, you like to have a job that you get from beginning to end. You don't like to kind of do a component of a job. If it's corn, I would probably, like, stay at that for a while so it doesn't get burnt or Mm -hmm. it doesn't get too brown or too Mm -hmm. watery or too, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would probably stay at, like, a corn job. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you prefer, because I mean, when you're making dinner, part of the job is trying to clean up a little bit as you go along. So it's yeah. not a disaster afterwards. So what, um, if you had to keep cooking or keep chopping or keep an eye on something, would you prefer to do that or do a cleanup job? I would probably prefer to do um, cooking and chopping. Yeah. Yeah, and that, I think, is another reason that we work well together because I don't mind to do a little – like, I I feel very satisfied when it's still before dinner, but I'm getting stuff cleaned up. Yeah. <laughs> I love that feeling, and so I'm happy for you to keep cooking while I clean up. So, well, Joshua, I'm – so proud of you and so grateful that you do have such a good attitude when we cook together and I really cherish that time that we have together so thank you Um, okay so I have some more questions Um, Mm -hmm. you have I would say at this point first of all tell everybody how old you are I'm 13 years old yeah so at 13 I would say you've developed some definite signature dishes one of them has already been mentioned by your brother I don't know if you'll pick up on or if you'll um, think of it or not but what would you say are your signature dishes right now that people just are like, ooh, Joshua really makes good fill-in-the-blank. Salads, I would probably you say definitely salad. make good salads. Yeah, I, nothing really else coming to my mind right now. Okay, I'm going to give you a hint that about what um, Nicholas said, 
and it's one of your signature dishes that your cousins love the most. Oh, the grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh my goodness, you make the best grilled cheese sandwiches in the world. What? <laughs> I wouldn't say in the world, but yeah. in the Hadid and Haber family. Yeah, what makes a good grilled cheese sandwich? Lots of butter. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And you are a very extravagant cook. Well, I do what the people like for the grilled cheeses. <laughs> do what the people like and you don't have to pay for the food Mm -mm. yes okay what do you think you want to keep cooking as you get older and you want to okay what do you think makes a good cook like what are qualities following what Mm -hmm. people request and Mm. what they're expecting Mm. or sometimes what they're not expecting so if they're expecting like sweet and kind of mild Mm. You could probably do mild, uh, sweet, and a little bit of sour in there. Mm. So you so like you to throw try... people for a loop a little bit. Give yeah. them something slightly unexpected. Yeah, like a surprise. Mm. Do you sneak a little something into your grilled cheese every so often? I usually try to sneak an extra pull of butter. But... <laughs> sometimes you sneak in a little ham or something like that, right? I do, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. What is something that you would... Um, as we keep working together, what are some skills that you would like to learn? How would you like to grow as a cook this year? I would like to learn how to like probably like make more desserts and mm. stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, which I think really comes down to you're such an intuitive cook. Actually, most things that you do, you do very intuitively. You're a very intuitive person in general. Um, to get better at baking and making desserts, you really have to – become very good at following a recipe, which I think would be a good thing for you to improve on this Mm -hmm. year. Um, I mean, you have what it takes for 100% sure. Okay. Um, So those are skills. Is there any one particular recipe that you can think of that you'd really like to learn how to make this year? I would probably want to do like, I don't know, probably a gourmet dish, like Mm. a really fancy dish. Mm, okay, we'll have to find a really fancy dish to work on. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else you want to tell people about cooking and eating? Sometimes. Well, we just made a gingerbread house. Mm, oh, yeah. The that burrows, was pretty fun. If you know that from Harry Potter. Yeah, although Marcus um, told me I was saying it wrong and I embarrassed him on Instagram. Apparently, it's the burrow single. Oh. The Weasley well, home, right? There can probably be more than one. I don't know in the Harry Potter world, but yeah. the burrow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, as we're making it, sometimes I mm. do try to, like, all the scraps of gingerbread I do eat. Yeah, yeah. You and you have a serious sweet tooth. I do. It's not good. Well, yeah. I think it's something that Dad and I were just talking about that this morning. It's something that, um, uh, in a family where we love to show love through baking, it's, <laughs> it's hard to curb the sweet tooth, but we need to yeah. work on that this year. So I actually just stay made... tuned for that people yeah. we'll report. We'll report in 2025 on that, how that went. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Sorry. I just made a gingerbread house and you it did. Looked, it was beautiful. It had like sugar glass, mm-hmm. like melted sugar in it, but the top of the sugar last house but it it was oh yeah it it, sunk it just sunk in yeah yeah so that was gone in a matter of like 
not even a day. Yeah, it's true. Onward and upward. Yep. All right. Well, you have a lot of years of, I think, giving a lot of people a lot of joy and showing a lot of love through your cooking. And I'm excited to help you nurture that talent. You And it makes me happy that you have loved cooking also. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Love you, Joshua. Love you too. Thank you all so much again for listening today and uh, welcome to 2024 and the Storied Recipe Podcast. As you may know or remember, last year was a year that I really focused on my website and this was a great decision. It delivered amazing results for me um, and has shown me the way forward with the Storied Recipe. This year, I'm looking forward to returning to regular podcast episodes. Um, My plan is to release bi-week Weekly on Wednesday mornings uh, in 2024. The schedule will be a little slower in the summer, um, probably, but you never know. Once I get into a role, I do, I do love these conversations and release them a lot. I would love to ask you for a favor. You can even consider it a little birthday present to me. My birthday's next Tuesday. Would you please leave a five-star review of the storied recipe. I've made it super easy for you to do this in the show notes. Just find the link that says leave a review here. Click it and um, you will be able to leave a review on your favorite. (laughs) It doesn't even have to be. You will be able to leave a review on any platform that's available to you on your device. Um, This means so much to me personally. It puts the podcast in front of other Uh, listeners. And also, I've recently um, put a page on the site that is devoted to reviews. And um, I I just need an influx of new fresh reviews (laughs) to make that page look good and to draw in, um, again, even more listeners. Y'all, I appreciate you so much. I'm looking forward to a really great 2024. So many interesting conversations, getting to know each of you better. I think for now, that's it, my friends. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week.